0: Good morning, Faithful Listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of John. Hello, Faithful Listeners. Happy Tuesday. Hope you're having a great start to your new week already. And they had a good Monday and a good weekend. Nice restful weekend. What did you guys do? I'd love to know. I actually rearranged my office. If you guys caught something I said last week, um, I mentioned how the way my office was set up before, I actually had a a toilet behind me because there is, in fact, a bathroom in my office, which is wonderful, but any time that I was going to go do a YouTube video or had any kind of, like, call I had to make on Zoom, there'd be a toilet behind me, and I'm like, okay, there can't be a toilet behind me when I am, you know... (laughs) meeting with somebody over Zoom. So I rearranged my office this weekend with the help of my big strong husband who basically just did it himself while I watched him and facilitated. And uh, (laughs) I hate to admit that, but that's basically what happened because my desk is rather heavy. But anyway. yeah, we, I rearranged my office and now I have a wall behind me instead of a toilet, which is great. But of course, now I'm staring at the toilet. I can see the toilet from here, but that's okay. I'd rather be the one that looks at the toilet rather than uh, you guys. But all right, let's go ahead and talk about John chapter 5 today versus... 1-15. through 15, Don't forget that you can uh, contact me with any kind of prayer requests that you have. And also if you want to introduce yourself, tell me where you're from, tell me what the weather's like where you're at, tell me how you started listening to the podcast. And yeah, I mean, feel free to contact me. You'll find all that information in the bio of the podcast episode. And another way you can keep into contact with um, me and with P40 Ministries is through the emails. So if you go over to my, my website, p40ministries.com, and subscribe to the email list, you'll get two free chapters of one of my recent books out of the mire in your inbox. So that's my gift to you. And also on top of that, you are signed up for the emails at that point. And uh, I do email you guys every once in a while with information, with uh, downloadable content and other news and deals or whatever that is going on with P40 Ministries. But for those of you who are new, if you're curious what P40 Ministries is, it is the ministry behind this podcast. So P40 Ministries sponsors this podcast, the Bible Explained podcast. But OK, let's go ahead and talk about John chapter five, verses one through 15 today. I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. version, as I always do. Please feel free to grab your version of the Bible, whatever that version is, and also your cup of coffee or your cup of tea. And let's jump in to the reading of God's word. After these things, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, there is a pool, which is in Hebrew called Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of those who were sick, blind, lame, or paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at certain times into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was healed of whatever disease he had. A certain man was there who had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been sick for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Arise, take up your mat, and walk. Immediately the man was made well, and took up his mat, and walked. Now it was the Sabbath on that day, so the Jews said to him who was cured, It's the Sabbath, it is not lawful for you to carry the mat. He answered them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your mat and walk. Then they asked him, Who is the man that said to you, Take up your mat and walk? But he who was healed didn't know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, a crowd being in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, Behold, you are made well. Sin no more so that nothing worse happens to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. If you guys attended Sunday school, chances are you've heard this story before. But one thing I noticed that uh, has been really left out of the Sunday school teachings is the fact that this guy, this guy that was healed, like went and started Jesus's persecution. Like that's not mentioned in the typical like Sunday school story. Usually what is talked about is like the pool of Bethesda and uh, the the lame man and Jesus healing the lame man. But it's very interesting that this was the start right here. This miracle was the start of Jesus's persecution. Because actually, if you read in verse 16, which is the verse after Uh, everything I read, it says for this cause, the Jews persecuted Jesus and uh, sought to kill him because he had he did these things on the Sabbath. So, yeah, this is the start of Jesus's persecution of the Jewish leaders was because of this guy. So let's see what happens. Like, why did this guy start Jesus's persecution? So let's let's talk about this. I think this will be interesting. Now, the first thing I really noticed about this story that was interesting to me is this pool of bethesda so this made me look up what this pool of bethesda was but in john chapter five what we just read the pool of bethesda is described as having five porches so five like sides basically and it was really funny because i looked this up and i found out that up until recently when this area was like excavated and the pool of bethesda i suppose was like found again People believed that this was historically incorrect, that there's no way that this pool could have like five sides because nothing had five sides like back in Jesus's day or whatever. But it turns out that the Pool of Bethesda did, in fact, have five sides (laughs) (laughs) because they found the pool. And I I really enjoy that. So that's another piece of biblical history that came true, I suppose. So I found that rather interesting. But... Whether or not this pool actually healed people is a mystery. We're not really sure about the Bethesda pool healing anybody. However, John describes the pool of Bethesda as an angel would go down at, like, certain times into the pool and stir up the water. So the water would, like, move around. And then at that point, the pool would be, like, ready to heal somebody, I suppose. And the first person that stepped down into this Bethesda pool was healed. So it could be that this was a medicinal pool because that was pretty common um back in this time period with with romans but it could also be that at one point in time god had miraculously healed somebody through this pool and it almost became like a legend that this pool could heal people of course forgetting about god's power through all of that <laughs> but it could also just be just a wives tale or a legend or something or Perhaps God really was healing people through this pool, but we don't have a lot of evidence of that. So I don't know. We don't really know a lot about the healing of the Bethesda pool, but we do know that the Bethesda pool existed. And yeah, it does in fact have five sides. (laughs) But anyway, the idea at this time period was that an angel in verse four would go down at certain times into the pool and stir up the water. Now this could be during the feasts because actually in verse One, it says that Jesus is returning to Jerusalem because of one of the feasts. And if you guys tune into my Old Testament episodes, I actually just talked about that. That was one of the rules that God put in place early on. And we just talked about it in Deuteronomy, where the men were required to go to Jerusalem three times a year in order to celebrate the feasts. And Jesus did that. He followed the law to a T with everything that he did and he did in fact go to Jerusalem during the times of the feasts. We don't know what feast this was because there were 3 that men were supposed to attend. Now women didn't have to attend. I should I should mention that. It was not required for the women to go. It was in fact required for the men to go. And I would guess that the reason for that was because women typically stayed home more and took care of the kids, so they were of course were not required to go because they had pressing matters at home, but because Jesus was a man, he went to the feasts, but we don't know what feast this was, and we don't really know what time period this was, but we do know that there was approximately three or four Passovers that happened during Jesus's ministry, so it could have been the Passover feast again. We don't know, but anyway, Jesus goes into Jerusalem near the pool of Bethesda for the feast. And there was a multitude of a bunch of people that were sick, blind, lame, paralyzed, whatever, waiting there at the pool of Bethesda for the water to move around. So when the water started to move around, that was when they would, the first person who entered the pool would allegedly or factually, I don't know, be healed. And that's something I actually want you guys to note, is that there were multitudes of sick people there, but yet Jesus picked out one man to heal. And that was my next question while reading this. I'm like, why did Jesus pick this one man? What was special about this one guy? And as I was reading through this, I don't think there was anything particularly special about this guy for Jesus to pick him. In fact, I almost wonder if that's actually the reason why Jesus uh, chose him, I suppose, is to show that there was nothing special about this guy. Because what does he end up doing at the very end He caves to fear, and he goes and starts the persecution of Jesus. So I I just wonder, like, what made Jesus choose this man? And we don't have an answer to that. But perhaps it's because Jesus loves everybody. He knows everybody inside and out. He knew this man was going to go tell on him, I suppose, tattle on him. But yet he chose to heal this guy anyway. And I, I think that that's just showing Jesus's mercy towards people that he loves everybody regardless of their failings. I mean, the reason Jesus came down to earth in the first place was because of our failings. So yeah, he loves everybody regardless of failings. I don't know. I don't know why he chose this particular man to heal. But it could also be the fact that this uh, crippled man had enough faith to be healed. You can have faith and be a sinner at the same time. I mean, (laughs) that's a given because we're all sinners. So, I mean, maybe this guy truly did have the most faith, but then his faith in God kind of like faltered later on in this story. I don't know. But anyway, it says in verse six, when Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had been sick for a long time because it said right before this that this guy had been sick for 38 years. So Jesus took compassion on this guy and knew he had been sick for a very, very long time. Perhaps this man was like despondent. Perhaps he was just utterly depressed and just hopeless. Maybe that's why Jesus chose him. So he goes up to this man and he asks him, do you want to be made well? And the sick man answers him, sir, I don't have anybody to put me in the pool when the water's stirred up. Somebody gets there before I do and then they're healed and I'm not. And it's funny because Jesus doesn't actually respond to that. (laughs) Instead, he says to the man, arise, take up your mat and walk. And somehow this man has enough faith to do that. So yeah, maybe this guy did have enough faith to listen to Jesus's words and to stand up on his own two feet and to walk out of there. Perhaps he did. Because we often see that when Jesus heals somebody, it requires faith from the individual that's being healed. In fact, almost in every case, it requires faith. So I mean, maybe this guy did have enough faith in the moment to stand up and to walk. And it says, immediately the man was made well and he took up his mat and he walked. But it was the Sabbath day. So that means the day of rest. And I've talked about the Sabbath day a lot on the podcast because it was a very important day to the Jewish people. It's going to be mentioned a million more times in scripture because of how important this day is. This was the Sabbath day of rest. This was something God put into place from the very beginning of time when God himself rested from creating the earth on the seventh day and he wants people also to take that sabbath day of rest and to just relax on a day so the sabbath day had a lot of rules in place you'll find some of them listed in the old testament and we've we've gone over them before but mostly it's just do no work on the sabbath day But there were plenty of things that people could do on the Sabbath day. For example, there was supposed to be a holy convocation on the Sabbath day. That means basically a church service. And people would go to this church service and worship God. That was absolutely allowed. And you were allowed to do good on the Sabbath day. You were allowed to relax and rest with your family. There were plenty of things you could do on the Sabbath day. But unfortunately, as time goes on, the Jewish leaders and elders began to twist those laws into all sorts of crazy things. So we see now that on the Sabbath day, they're yelling at this guy that was just healed because he was carrying his bed mat. And so the Jews come up to him and they say, it's the Sabbath and it's not not lawful for you to carry the mat, which is very stupid because... In the Old Testament, there was no law that people couldn't carry their bed mats on the Sabbath day. This was just a made-up rule that the, uh, that the Jewish leaders decided on. And they're just like, it's not lawful for you to do this. So the man is probably terrified, honestly, because breaking the Sabbath was really, really bad, honestly. You could get in really bad trouble for that we see in the Old Testament that there was a man that was actually stoned for breaking the Sabbath day. Now, of course, that was a totally different instance. And that man who broke the Sabbath day in the Old Testament did it defiantly. And I went over that quite a lot when we, when we discussed that. This man, on the other hand, isn't doing anything wrong. He's just walking home after he was just healed. He's probably like overjoyed. And then all of a sudden he's like, There's a chance here I could be stoned and I was just healed. You know, I mean, he's probably terrified right now that these Jewish leaders are coming up to him and yelling at him for carrying this mat. So he says, there was a man who made me well, and he told me to take up my mat and walk. Then they asked him, who was it? Who healed you on the Sabbath day? We need to know. But it says in verse 13 that the man didn't know who it was that healed him. Because Jesus left immediately after that because there was a huge crowd. Remember, there was a multitude of sick people. And of course, if they had seen Jesus healing this lame man, they would have all expected to be healed by Jesus. So Jesus left. He left that area to not cause a riot, basically, is kind of what I think. But also because Jesus was not insanely public with his ministry yet. Like he was and people knew about him. And people accepted him for the most part, but he hadn't done a lot of public, um, public. Uh, I'm sorry, miracles up until this point. In fact, I think this is the first public miracle he really did. Actually, was the healing of this crippled man. Of course, I mean, imagine this: this crippled man causes so much issues because the persecution of Jesus starts right after this. Imagine what would have happened if Jesus would have healed that entire crowd of people. Like that would have been really bad (laughs) for everybody, I think, if if you think about it, specifically Jesus. So Jesus left that area after he healed the crippled man. And so the crippled man didn't catch Jesus' name. He didn't know who had healed him. So he says, I don't know who healed me. And it says afterward, Jesus found him in the temple. So this is interesting. I don't know how much time has passed after this. It could have been the same day. It could have been a week later. I don't know. But Jesus went and found this man. Went back specifically for this man to talk to him. And Jesus warns the man. He finds him in the temple. And Jesus warns him, Behold, you are made well. Sin no more so that nothing worse happens to you. And I don't know... The context of what Jesus is talking about here, perhaps he's talking about what's going on already in the man's heart. Perhaps he's already uh, sinning, in a sense, through his fear of the Jewish elders. Maybe Jesus knows he's about to sin by going and talking to the Jewish elders about him and like tattling. I don't know. Or maybe in the past, this guy got crippled because of some sin that he had done, because that's also possible that he potentially got crippled because of something he did. But either way, Jesus goes and finds this man and warns him, sin no more so that nothing worse happens to you. And to me, I, I, in my opinion, I almost feel like this is Jesus warning the man to not go and do anything stupid, I suppose. But that's kind of what the man goes and does. <laughs> it says the man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. And then, of course, in verse 16, which we haven't gone over yet, but basically already did, it says, for this cause, the Jews persecuted Jesus and uh, sought to kill him because he did these things on the Sabbath. So, I mean, yeah, this crippled man, it doesn't seem like he has a lot of thankfulness in his heart for what Jesus had done for him. I I mean, I don't know. This, This guy is really perplexing to me because he wants to be healed so much. And he wanted to be healed that he was like lying next to this pool every single day waiting for it. But yet after he's healed, he's not thankful to the person who healed him, to Jesus who healed him. And he's, he's going to start the persecution of Jesus. So I don't know. I don't understand this guy at all. And perhaps it wasn't that at all. Perhaps he was just responding completely out of fear. Perhaps not much time has passed at all, and Jesus happened to see him in the temple right after he was yelled at by the religious leaders. We don't know the context of what went on here, but either way, what this guy did was wrong. He responded either in fear or out of unthankfulness or something and started Jesus's persecution. And you know, it's really amazing what what fear can do to a person. It's very amazing. Perhaps this guy, had he just gone his way and not talked to the Pharisees, he would have been fine and nobody would have ever bothered him again. And Jesus, he would have been persecuted either way, but he wouldn't have been the one to have that on him for like all eternity, basically, that he was the one that helped start Jesus's persecution. I mean, I think that would have been a lot better for him in the long run. But my point is is that fear really does do something to to people. That's why it says in the Bible to not fear at all. In fact, the verse of the day today on Version was talking about fear. It was Isaiah 41, verse 10. It says, Do not fear anything, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Be assured I will help you. I will certainly take hold of you with my righteous right hand. There's so many verses in the Bible about how we should not fear because Fear leads to sin. I don't know how much fear in and of itself is a sin. It is a response that we have that God gave us for certain circumstances. But fear leads to bad things if we allow that fear to take over. And unfortunately, this guy allowed that fear to take over and caused a lot of problems because of that. Well, faithful listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please like it, share it, subscribe to it, write a review so that other people can find the podcast as well. I am so thankful for all of you guys. I should mention, thanks for tuning in. You guys make my day very, very happy. I, I love what I'm doing. So thank you to all of you who tune into the podcast. But guys, I'm actually going to uh, find that old episode that I talked about regarding the Sabbath day and that guy that was like picking up sticks in the Old Testament that got stoned. And I'm going to drop it actually in the description of this podcast episode. So if you're interested in learning more about the Sabbath day laws from the Old Testament, that might be a good episode for you to go back and listen to. And yeah, I'll find that one and drop it in the description. But guys, if you would like to support the podcast in a different way, then go over to the t-shirt shop because I have a updated t-shirt of the Bible Explained podcast. And also it's a new price, meaning it's lower priced, which is great for everybody. So... (laughs) So yeah, go check that out and get yourself some merch. Friends and faithful listeners, I will see you tomorrow for an episode out of Deuteronomy. And until then, happy listening and God bless.